Hey, ham fam. It's me, Jillian. Welcome to part two of my chat with Ian Weinberger, the associate musical director of Hamilton on Broadway. Ian conducts the show, plays keyboard in the pit, and is about to play keyboard in my living room. If you haven't listened to his first episode, you should totally do that because Ian is the greatest. Okay, now here's Ian to blow us all away. When I met Lack, it was because of Kimmy Mark, who you guys have heard. Isn't she the greatest? The dream. Love me some Kimmy. She's awesome. She has so many like behind the scenes details of being a dresser and being like dressing whatever. She really knows like where the bodies are buried. Like she knows everything. And she's never seen Hamilton, which I can't even get into. I cannot (laughs) even get into it. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Cannot even get into it. But I know that Alex is kind of not around. I don't. Do I call him like Alex Lackamore? Lack, sir? Sir, <laughs> lack is fine. Lack, he goes by okay, lack. Uh, um, I know that it's rare for him to be around. So then, when I was at the Rogers talking to Kimmy, I it was she, even she was like, "Why is Lack here? He's hard to tie down." Well, he's a busy dude, and he, you know, is trying to maintain uh, stuff that's happening on Broadway. Of course, the Chicago company, the tour, and of course, casting the second national and casting London. So he's going back and forth to London, not to mention auditions for all of those companies, not to mention, by the way, he's got another Broadway show happening at the same time. Right. So he's a busy, busy, busy guy. Yeah. And, um, but the, the amazing thing about him is that he's never out of sight, out of mind with us, that if we have a question about something that's happening on the Broadway company, he'll email us right back, he'll text us right back, whatever it is. He's very much wanting to stay involved as as we're grateful for because he's our boss. And uh, But to his credit, when he's in town, he he, he does come and, and note the show as often as he can. So there's the difference between the con-con and the refreshers. Yeah, uh, uh, like a brush-up rehearsal. Yeah, it, like yeah. the con-con, you got, if you are just now joining the podcast. If you're just tuning in. <laughs> uh, which happens. I don't expect you guys to listen to all 80 episodes for, I mean, you know. But um, the con-con is short for the, I was chosen for the Constitutional, Constitutional Convention. Constitutional Convention, of course. That is different than, you know, when Andy Blankenbuehler comes or when Alex Lacamoire, because that is a more, I think specific you're exactly right so the con con happens weekly Mm -hmm. it's it's every week usually before the first show of our week um and everybody's involved and it's only a half an hour uh and the reason we started doing it and our stage managers will speak to this way better than i will but the reason for its existence is because we found that when people started having to go on for different tracks we had to do all sorts of like last second lift calls or whatever it may be or somebody has to hold a table with somebody else we want to make sure we rehearse that um and so the con con was originally structured to allow us to sort of get ahead of the week if we knew that somebody was going to have to do that on a friday we could take care of it at the con con right um plus if there's time then we do little notes or we do a little music cleanup of one specific thing or we do a couple little dance cleanups Mm -hmm. but it's much more regular a real honest brush-up rehearsal with an Andy or a Stephanie or an Alex, that happens much less regularly, and it's much longer. It's usually like a four-hour day. Wow. Um, and it's usually, you know, we have a list of stuff that we want to take care of. And so that happens maybe every other month that there's a dance or a music cleanup, I would say. Maybe less than that. But Concon's uh, uh, every week. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Patreon peeps. It is your time. I'm so nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. They're all like very exciting, I'm ex- fun questions. And we answered some already. Okay, great. So you're cool. What's your favorite song to conduct? Asked Dania. Hey, Dania. That's a very good question. My favorite song to play is Helpless because that's my jam. 
Is and, it? And the Skylar Sisters. There's just my jam. My favorite song to conduct is probably the finale. Oh. Um, it's 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 hard. Um, just technically, there's a lot to deal with, and you have to conduct a lot with your left hand because you're busy playing with the right. And uh, it's just so beautiful, and I love. Uh, I, I love the way it's written and it's such a, a beautiful moment and that's probably my favorite moment So conduct. can you tell me the difference because Helpless and Skylar Sisters are so different than the finale. So why, can you tell me the oh, difference of yeah, like why totally. you prefer the... Um, Helpless is is uh, super easy to conduct because once it starts, the tempo actually never changes. Yes. It's one of only a few, mo- a few songs in the show, I think there's only three, where the tempo stays exactly the same from start to finish or at least toward the end. Helpless okay, yeah. is one, Yorktown is another, and I believe Say No to This is the third. So, but, so Helpless is like... There's nothing to the conducting of it. It's once you start it until the end. There's really nothing to do, so you just sort of get to jam out. That and it's it's really really fun. That's why I like to play it because it's there's no stress. It's such like an amazing it's kind song. of your little breath of fresh air. Totally, like. it's super super great. My favorite song in the show is the election of 1800. <gasps> exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Just at nerd, you were nerd very glasses. I squeeze nerd that. Glasses. What are the the internet says? Squee, right? Did I squee? Does it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not cool. I don't know. I'm I'm the most uncool person. My favorite. One of my favorite movie quotes is in Almost Famous with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Do you believe I've never seen it? But we're friends now, so now you can introduce me to it. So it's okay. No, I'm totally gonna introduce you to it. Perfect. I'm glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Me too. You're doing great. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Come on. Come on. That's a cool way of saying like we're all nerds, right? It's all nerds. It's so true. So stop with this. Because we're doing, I mean, we're We're all here for this. We're all here for this. Uh, Joanne asks, and we kind of answered this with Kimmy. What do you do with all those Reynolds pamphlets? (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Joanne. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, it, what Joanne is referring to, if you don't know, is at the end of the Reynolds pamphlet, uh, uh, when Jefferson and Madison and Burr say, have you read this? Right at the end, Jefferson actually hands the Reynolds pamphlet to the conductor, um, which gets a laugh. It's very funny. It's um, awesome. That's not the way it was at the public. At the pub, because there's no pit. The, the orchestra was off stage. The At the public, Je- the three of them, Jefferson and Madison and Burr, came downstairs, downstage and and actually threw their pamphlets into the audience. Come on. And have you read this? And asked the audience, have you read it? Um, I don't exactly know why that change was made, except probably for the perpetuity of the show, knowing that we might run for a minute, trying to perhaps be green and not throw away these props every day. Yeah. Maybe. Or just simplicity. There's now a conductor there. That's a kind of funny. Go ahead and do that. It's hilarious. I'm not exactly sure why. But yes, so the conductor gets a Reynolds pamphlet every day. And the answer to the question is simply I put it on the little shelf next to me <laughs> and I collect them. Yep. And then when I have a little stack, I give them back to Eric, who's, who's our head props guy. Yep. And then he gives them back to the cast. Yeah. Um, and then they go into a little uh, like Tupperware, like a big box. Exactly. And then you guys are allowed to use them for charity or do yeah sometimes cool the cast things. will sign them and then yeah. we sell them for, for Broadway Cares or whatever yeah. it might be yeah, um, but I just wait till I have a nice little stack and then I give them back I love that you're like collecting Reynolds pamphlets yeah exactly 
Oh, Natalie asks, what does conducting mean to you? Do you perform when you conduct? That's a really good question. Thank you, Natalie. I think conducting, if if you're doing it right, is a, is a nonverbal expression of what you're hoping it'll sound like. Um, the short answer is, is, is absolutely. I think if I want something to sound super sharp and staccato, I would probably conduct it a different way than if it was very smooth and, 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 and flowy flowy i want i didn't want to say legato because i already said staccato flowy um yes you're a smart uh, person whatever i went to music school um <laughs> the, don't you whatever me <laughs> so you know I, i'd conduct those things a different way i'd like to think that if i'm doing it right i'm looking with my conducting the way i want it to sound right and uh i try with i had amazing conducting teachers in college and they've always inspired me to really uh express with what I'm showing the way the way that I want it to be and yeah. they've also inspired me to really look and engage with the musicians around me uh, and and try to like draw a, as good of a performance as I can but I do think on Broadway it's a little different because you're trying to replicate as a consistent a performance as possible each day mm-hmm. there's a little bit of uh, uh, touch and go because it's not always exactly the same right. but there's a little bit of trying to make it consistent so there's a little bit of yes performing but also being the liaison between the orchestra and the stage and just trying to make sure you don't crash the car oh I like that Joanne also asks has anyone come close to tripping or stepping into the pit like at the end of right hand man I love the specificity Joanne. very specific um, <laughs> there is a moment at the end of my shot where uh, Lawrence and Mulligan come downstage. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a shot. We're time to take a shot, whatever it is. And they do this huge... With gusto. St- with I gusto. Mean, yeah. Major gusto. Ugh, and they it. do this huge stomp right downstage center. And it's like inches from your face. Do and you hear it in the pit? You hear it. You feel it a little <laughs> bit. And if you look at the conductor camera, the, con- the camera actually shakes a little bit because it's what? mounted to the floor. Um, the When you conduct, if you can picture this, um, the, the if you haven't seen a photo of what it looks like at the Rogers, the conductors, the the head is sort of cut out from the deck of the stage. So mm-hmm. there's the stage going on and then there's a little rectangle where the conductor's head is. So if you're sitting on the podium conducting the show, there's a piano in front of you. And then what you're looking at is basically a wall of wood right. that's maybe six inches from your face. And that's why they can hand you a Reynolds pamphlet. Exactly. And then the stage is maybe two inches above your head. And then at the start of act two, people are crawling out of it correct um so so it's so to have somebody like do this huge emphatic stomp right in front of you that's a little scary okay these next few questions are from emily emily is awesome what's up emily because emily is a music major a music teacher piano player and her parents went to northwestern come on go cats come on right what's up emily she goes i don't know how to say no to this emily welcome i like her already i know she goes she's like apologizing for so many questions and then have you met me she says the halftime les mis hamilton fiddler mashup with numb was fantastic how long had you worked on it are undergrads now familiar with hamilton or was it new to them also, please explain what NUM is. Yeah, it's a great question, Emily. I can't <laughs> believe you found that. Um, NUM stands for Northwestern University Marching Band, uh, which was the like greatest three years of college for me. I was on the drum line. It was the f- most fun thing ever. <laughs> um, and I was a huge marching band nerd all through high school and college. And uh, 
about a year ago, last summer, the uh, the director of the marching band, who was my teacher in college, Dan Ferris, wrote and, and asked if I would be interested in arranging uh, something from Hamilton for the marching band because he wanted to do like a Broadway halftime show that fall in the football season. Oh my God. It was so That's much cool. fun. Like was, during football season? Awesome. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. man. It was so fun. And, and so I wasn't sure to answer your question if, if the current Northwestern students would know much about it. This was a year after the album had come out. Not quite. Almost a year. And uh, it turned out as a as I was told later that they were super, super familiar with it and they were very sweet. All the students in the band, they were really excited about doing something from Hamilton. And so I was really excited about the idea. And so I ended up arranging uh, the opening number for the marching band and I worked on it for, I guess I worked on it for a couple weeks, I think maybe two or three weeks. And it was really fun. It was a, it was a world's colliding moment. I've, I've said before, I know of, you know, what I do now for work colliding with the greatest part of my college experience, which was being in marching band. And so that was really fun. And I got to go and, and watch them do a rehearsal once and, and back in Evanston at school. And the real, the only tragedy was that Northwestern football team came to New York last winter to play in their bowl game at Yankee stadium. And the band came and they did the Broadway halftime show, including the Hamilton arrangement. And I couldn't go cause I was busy conducting the musical at the same time. And that was a tragedy. The exact same time. Very nice. So, and, uh, and what's cool is I love and, how you and, say tragedy. It is, I mean, it is for you. <laughs> right, it totally that's right. is. That's right. But it is also, I think some people would say irony. Oh, uh, sure. Exactly. Alanis, would you agree? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? I do. Um, <laughs> and so it was, it was really cool. They did an amazing job with, with the, uh, with the drill on the field and you'll see the marching band, like create a, a ship for the ship is in the Harbor. Now. Um, it was really fun. It was a really, really nerdy and exciting experiment for me to get to do those things together. We continue with music from the show that has taken Broadway by storm, Hamilton, with a special arrangement from the Associate Music Director of the New York Production, 2009 Northwestern graduate and Numalum, Ian Weinberger, here is Alexander Hamilton. Here's a question that really just caught my eye and stopped me in my tracks. Emily says, I love the time changes in Meet Me Inside. Mm. How do you conduct the seven-eighths portion? That's how I say it, right? Seven-eighths. I've seen it done several different ways, really specific and dorky, I know. Emily, don't worry about your nerd glasses. Emily, Stop you're it. more We're than welcome. Here. We're glad to have you. Then she goes, when it segues into four-fourths, do you give an unusually hard downbeat? 
First of all, can you please translate that question? I can do my best. Okay. okay. So Emily's talking about the time signatures of the music of Meet Me Inside. Time signatures, uh, if you're not musically uh, uh, inclined. Uh, inclined, thank you, have to do with um, simply the amount of beats in a measure. Most music, I would venture to say, is in 4-4 four, four time. 4-4. Four, four. Uh, four beats in a measure. Um, but music can be... Can have any number of beats to a measure that you want if you're the composer. So the meet me inside portion that she's talking about is, like she said, in in seven eight, which is an irregular time signature. Now we're getting into freshman music theory. Seven is obviously an odd number just in the world in general, and uh, uh, the reason seven eight is an odd time signature, an irregular time signature, is because we're used to hearing eight beats of music. Four 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 times two is eight. It, it, if it were eight eight. It would be. It would sound like most popular songs that we know, and for that matter, most of Hamilton. So uh, here's what's the seven eight portion that she's talking about, which is three, four. Lee, do you yield? You shot him in the side. Yes, he yield. I'm satisfied. Yo, we gotta clear the field. Yo, we won. Here comes the general. This should be fun. What is the meaning of this? Mr. Mr. Burr. Get a medic for the general. Yes, sir. Lee, you will never agree with me, but believe me, these young men don't speak for me. Thank you for your service. Let's ride. Hamilton, sir. (gasps) Meet me inside. Meet him inside. Exactly. Okay. So right on Hamilton, sir. That is was the... awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm I'm pushing on my nerd glasses. See? I'm dying. Exactly. So Hamilton, sir, is where it changes to four four. The, the part she's talking oh. about there. So the answer to your question, Emily, is that the seven eight, honestly, is not actually conducted because and now we're getting into Scott Wasserman territory. Sure. Because um, and I'm sure he might have covered this in his episode. The the a lot of the show is played to a click track, which is essentially a metronome that we in the band hear in our headphones but is not heard by the audience. It's the thing I click off when I start when I start recording in GarageBand. I'm exactly. like that I don't want because exactly. that would ruin the recording. But we do. You live by it. Right. So a, a click is used for a lot of Broadway shows and it the reason it's used is a for consistency because you're trying to create probably the same tempos night to night mm-hmm. especially in a dance show that's really really important yeah and also stylistically the hip-hop the r&b the pop stuff that we do is it's helpful to have a metronome to have a, a click track running for us to, it, it, that's sort of stylistically how that music is performed is to a click so a lot of the show if the tempo is sort of consistent we don't necessarily conduct we'll sort of stay out of the way and the band will listen to the click and and lock in and do what they do so for the seven eight portion the click is running in seven eight thank you scott and um and we the conductor don't actually do anything we show the downbeat of the seven eight and let the band play but then yes we do show a really really strong downbeat of the four four to show that by the way the time signature is changing and if anybody's asleep wake up because it's it's time to change time signatures now exactly you're in the pit at hamilton everybody Emily also asks, are there any cues that are particularly challenging to give 
Parentheses, I'm thinking of some of the pregnant pauses within songs. Okay, that's a really good question. And we could talk about this for months. Um, you're going to you're gonna move in with me like Javi did, right? Fine. Are Great. you kidding? <laughs> Following in the footsteps of Javi Munoz? Where do I sign? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that the hardest cue... One of the hardest cues to give in the show is actually the very last note played by the orchestra. Uh, it's only a matter of time getting into that acapella thing at the end. And what's hard about it is... because you're crying the whole time? Is, is It's so hard to like wipe the tears <laughs> from your face. Um, no, is um, so you're conducting that with your left hand. It's only a matter of time. The reason you have to conduct it with your left hand is because you have to play with your right hand. You can't play that with your left because it's too far away. I'm a right-handed person, so conducting with my left hand, I'm not super good at. You're literally a right-hand man. I am literally a right-hand man. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So you're conducting with your left hand. You're trying to play... Yes, exactly. It sounds so good Uh, (laughs) with the right hand. That's also played by the guitar and keyboard two and the percussionist. So the trick of it is to... Get all of those four people in, yourself included, to play at the same time. Because what you don't want is, it's only a matter of g g g g g We don't want that. We want it to be clean and together. But you sort of have to read Eliza's mind. Because sometimes she might go, it's only a matter of time. Or she might go, it's only a matter of time. Or whatever yeah, it is. I was... It's super effing terrifying. Right. And it's the last note of the show. And you want it to be good. And I'm very scared of it. thing trico told me specifically to ask you about motifs he's a dangerous man that that gregory Trico. well he told me that like this is my last day on earth basically <laughs> so i have you well, thank here thank you for spending it with the, me tyler mount was gracious enough we have this thing so if what what's gonna blow everyone's minds like what so okay we can talk about a couple of things um i was thinking sort of on my way over here like <gasps> you know i know she has the piano like what would be good to talk about so Okay, so here's the first thing I want to talk about. I can think of at least two things um, that would be fun to point out. So, And this goes in the category of, I'm sure there are many, many people out there who already know this from listening. But for those who don't, maybe I, maybe I can point a couple things out. Okay. First thing I want to talk about is uh, in the song Satisfied from the musical Hamilton. You're familiar. I am. Uh, yes. So uh, a toast to the groom, to the groom, to the groom. Under, under that, if we take away the vocals, which now we can hear on the instrumentals super well, um, what you'll hear is this. Five, two... Three, a toast to the groom. Right? Uh, uh, Which is in the harp in keyboard two. So what you hear is that little motif. The next time that's going to show up is in the song Wait For It. Love doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes and we keep living anyway. 
right? So there's that going on. That's going to show up in a few different places. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's connecting Angelica and Burr. In some way, and your guess is as good as mine. Because Angelica's waiting. She's holding her cards close to her. Okay, you guys, I'm... I'm not done. Crying. I'm not okay, done. Continue. Go Gra- ahead. I'm hold, sorry. hold your tears. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm putting my microphone down. I'm sorry. So, so that that appears a few other times, but I'm skipping ahead to uh, Act Two when we get to take a break. It was Kurt who taught me this because Kurt's the real genius in the group. Um, that uh, when we get to uh, take a break and get away, uh, where we can stay, look around, look around in that moment. Uh-huh. So what's actually happening as Kurt was wise to point out to me is there's actually three songs being happening at once. Mm-hmm. One is look around, look around back to the Skylar sisters. Right. The other is, uh, in the orchestra, we're hearing that motif again. Look around, look around. I played vaguely wrong harmonies, but that's the idea. Etc. So that's one. And then meanwhile in the piano, while that's happening, Which is, look into your eyes and the sky's the limit, back from Helpless. All those three things are happening at once. Check it out on the instrumentals. Get into it. Later on, when we hear that same thing, what we've been dealing with is this melody. Which, of course, later. Is the beginning of Burn. All that stuff is is related. Great. I'm sorry, what? Are we? Oh, great. Are you still alive? Uh, no. Thank you, Trigo. Um, this is the last day of my life, everybody. Thank you so much. Well, the thing about... I, lo- I love that burn melody oh, it's so, so much. It's, so it's just the most painful, most beautiful, most... Um, I'm using this word in a not insulting way. It's like simple mm-hmm. in, the, in the most beautiful, heartbreaking... Like that's all you need because then Eliza's going to come out and just just destroy it. You, you, want, it, you, want, you want another? I, uh, yes. Can you, can you survive it? Yeah, well, I have like request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have you, requests. Yeah, you Go tell ahead, me. Yeah, please. No, you-, you have requests because you listen to the instrumentals. Like, at- I know. I- ask, ask things. I love Yorktown so much, and yeah. I love that the end music is really Yorktown. Mm-hmm. Without the lyrics, sure. Yeah, it's it's a few things. It's based on Yorktown, and then wait for it, and then my shot. Which is which is the bridge of wait for it, wait for it, right. The best part about that exit music is getting is fr- getting from wait for it into my shot. Alex needed a way to change the key, but of course, Alex, when he needs to just like change the key, any old person would just like change the key and be done with it. But Alex, of <laughs> course, needed to get from nerds E flat minor to G minor. So what does he do? He fills that with. I need to remember how this goes. That little lick is. Is that same thing. So what we hear is, uh, how do you write like you're running out of time? And then we're into my shot that way. It's just Alex being Alex. That probably took him 10 seconds. 
because lack's gonna lack. I don't know. What, La- lack's gonna lack. Know. That's my favorite. Absolutely. It's the hashtag of the. I mean, what are you gonna do? You, he can't help it. Like yeah. I was saying before, he can't help himself. Yeah. What is your favorite? Like when you were going through the music and you were like, oh God, and now that's from here, and now that's this, and now that's like, what was what was the thing that you can play us that really blew your mind to pieces? Yeah. Here's the, the 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 one of the things that that blew my mind open, is we all know the the countdown which we call it, the beginning of the duel one two three four you know etc one two three four five six seven eight nine that sort of thing, um, which is what we call the countdown. So everybody in the almost every person on the stage has a different line that they sing. For instance, if you're if you're Washington or Jefferson or Man 6, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Or if you're woman four, one, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Something like oh, that. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. If you're man one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Stuff like that. Everybody has, almost everybody has their own distinctive harmony a couple people double up but there is one person and only one who sings the actual melody stop it if you're gonna say what i think you're gonna say and who do you suppose that person might be lawrence and phillips lawrence and phillips shut up yeah now of course that's nothing that the audience would ever know (laughs) nor would you nor would anyone in the audience ever hear that one voice and be like oh that's that person it's not supposed to be perceptible to the audience but we know that that's the one person it's poor Lawrence, who in Act Two is going to be. <laughs> you know what? Anthony Lee Medina was here and went on and on and on into the night about how he dies 16 times a week. And you know what? I love him to death, but he failed to mention. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's a perfect example. We can listen to it a zillion times. We Forever. all have. But when you hear things, I mean, the first time I heard the instrumentals, I listened to them and I like had to like calm myself down and be like stop trying to sing the lyrics stop trying to just listen to what it is because without the vocals it's like a whole new ball game totally like i would think maybe if i were in the studio where it happened that i would be like wait but the the music is so good and then the vocals are gonna not hide it but you you won't hear the details of it and then they had to have known that they're gonna (laughs) release the instrumentals right like i don't know to be honest with you i don't know how long that was in the works but (sighs) the 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 I was just point screaming the, the, at everybody. I'm sorry. I need to take sweet. a deep breath. No, no, no. The, the 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 primary goal, right, is to get the words across. Right. No matter what, that's the primary primary task. Sure. But there is, as you're absolutely right, there's a lot a lot of detail going on in the orchestration. So much, so much of what, what the strings are doing, what the rhythm is doing, what the guitar is doing. Details for days, and that's that's the just Alex's genius. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. It's the Ten Dual Commandments. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So it's worth talking for just a second about the very first measure of the show. Okay. What I love about the show is that sort of divides the musical into chapters. You know, when this thing happens, I always like to think of it as the next chapter. The very first measure, we all know. Yeah, okay. So it's sort of in two parts. Part one. Part two. So... 
part one is super, uh, many words describe it. It could be regal, it could be regimented, it could be very military or government sounding, you know. It sounds sounds like the military or the arrival of uh, uh, the leader of the state or whatever it is. It sounds regimented. Yeah. It also happens to be the rhythm of not throwing away my shot. <laughs> so there's that. I, I still don't know, and I keep wanting to ask Lynn, I still don't know if that's intentional. Oh, because, of course it is. Well, because if you watch the White House video from 2009, that's how it. the song begins. Right. Jump, 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 that's a whole year before he writes the song My Shot. Exactly. Which proves that it could it's be. the same. It could be, or it could just be a wild effing coincidence. No way! There are no coincidences in the show. How does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence impoverished and squalor grow up to be a hero and a scholar the ten dollar founding father purposeful or not I all I like to think on some level that the show begins with not throwing away my shot that's part one in the second and, and it's also worth mentioning that in the orchestra, what you hear is piano and strings and timpani. It's very orchestral. It's what was that other? And timpani. What's that? Uh, uh, like kettle drums, like in in the percussion section of the oh, of okay. like a big symphony orchestra. Those huge copper things in the back. Oh, cool. Very uh, very very orchestral, very like proper sounding. Then under part two, you hear the strings, accompanied by record scratches. Right. So what that already is telling us is Baroque string quartet mixed with hip hop already. Uh Strings and record scratches. Uh Already what we know in the first measure of music is that this is a meshing of those two worlds, the Baroque thing and the hip hop thing. Mm which is what the show is, right? right? Because the makeup of the orchestra, it's worth mentioning at some point, is that it's 10 players, the the two keyboards, guitar, bass, percussion, and drums. That's the sort of like hip-hop rhythm section. And then Baroque string quartet, violin, violin, viola, who also plays the third violin, and cello. That's the 10 people. So there's the two things going on at once, is hip-hop and Baroque stuff. So that's what's told to us in the first measure. Meanwhile, part two. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. (laughs) What it actually used to be way back in the day in Lynn's original demos. And then the sound of a door slamming. Dun, dip, dun, 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 dun. How does a bastard, orphan, etc. And eventually at some point, what Lynn said to Alex was, what if we were to notate the musical notes of the door slam? What would that sound like? And what Alex came up with was... So what it turned into was... Etc. That way. The door slam was eventually removed, except it still exists in the show in one place. The beginning of Obedient Servant. Oh, yes! And in my imagination, it's the proverbial like door slamming on Burr's political career is really what it is. It's very Godfather-like. Totally. Also never seen The Godfather. Remember, I how like how I said yes totally. <laughs> You've seen the West Wing. They do it in the West Wing. They do it in the West Wing? I'm yeah, all about the West it. Wing. We can talk about the they West Wing for months. They use it in everything. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. 
Who's your favorite character in the West Wing? I'm a big Josh Lyman fan. Lemon Lyman? Lemon Lyman. <laughs> the internet people have gone crazy. Uh, there's a couple of people that, are, that I'm close to in my life who will agree with me or who know that I talk about this all the time. That my favorite thing about the West Wing is the use of the phrase, okay. Well, okay. I, I do a Mary Louise Parker impression. Let's have it. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And Josh Lyman and, and you know, okay. <laughs> and also, you think? Well, Aaron right. Sorkin loves repeating his own. Of course. His you think? <laughs> it's really good. It's the greatest <laughs> I have legs that ever. go all the way down to the floor, my friend. Really he good. likes that too. He likes saying that. I'm a beginner. That. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we could do this forever. You think um, <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that, but do you? My theory is that absolutely Sam right now would be president. Like the timeline, Sam Seaborn would be For sure. president. Thousand percent. I'd like to live in that world <laughs> where Sam Seaborn is my president. I just I love Toby. I love Team Toby. I love when they team go Team Toby. They go to they're at uh, Camp David and of course. Team Toby. I mean, how much time do, do we have time to watch the whole series right now? We sure do. Okay, great. Well, okay, fun fact and then I promise we'll wrap up. But Mike had to leave when Ian got here and we had like a West Wing bonding love fest. And when Mike left, he was like there's nothing you won't do that won't make me proud That's of you. Right. <laughs> game on boyfriend. Like, game on boyfriend. Anyway, the West Wing is great. So good. All right, we have to. You have to tell your first conductor story. Okay, here it is. It's my first time conducting Hamilton. It is September of 2015. We've been <gasps> open six weeks, basically, and um, it's been Kurt and Alex this whole time conducting variously, and I'm the I'm the third person in. And um, like I said about subbing, like you don't get rehearsal. Even if you're the conductor, you just sort of show up and do it. So I'd been. Kurt had taken me through every page. How do you do it? How do you, you know, you cue the cello here, you put your hand up here to conduct Mulligan or whatever you do. I had um, conducted like a million imaginary performances of Hamilton in my living room. Same. Right, exactly. <laughs> and um, so I'm totally nervous, blah, 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 blah. I'm terrified, freaking out. So I show up to the theater. It's a Sunday afternoon. And I'm there before the show practicing on the keyboard like God knows what's about to happen to me. And uh, <laughs> Alex walks in. Hey, how you feeling? You know, terrible. And um, <laughs> Subtitle, terrible. Right, exactly. But to Alex, great. Yeah, exactly. Super high pitched. Totally. So good. Yeah, shoulders what tense. Could, what could possibly go wrong? Great. So he says to me, listen, I meant to ask you, are you the kind of person that <laughs> would like to know if there's someone famous in the audience or would you rather not know? And I'm like, well, he defeated the purpose by asking you that 4,000% <laughs> totally, totally blew the answer. Oh. And I said, well, ah, uh, thanks very much. I'm the kind of person I'd rather not know. But now I know you have to know. And he said, you know what? I'll tell you after I said, OK, OK, see what I did there. <laughs> so I go back to practicing and hating my life. And now it's. <laughs> Now it's like 10 minutes before the show. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I suddenly realized I'm about to spend the whole show wondering who it is. Totally. Instead of trying to, like, do the job Mm -hmm. and not ruin the musical. So I go up to Kurt, who was playing Key 2 for me, and I said, listen, is it somebody famous or somebody musically famous? Because if it's, like, Stephen Sondheim or, like you know the ghost of leonard bernstein or like whatever that's one thing but if it's like johnny depp like who gives a shit like i'm already nervous enough sure yeah, i just don't like, care yeah and he it's says like the fear of the unknown totally he says it's just somebody famous i said well great who is it 
He says, do you want to know? I said, sure. He says, it's the first lady. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was Michelle Obama. Okay, Lack, we have to have a conversation about how you... <laughs> Wait a second. So I what? said to Kurt, I said, you know, I've never, I'm terrified. Kurt says it's going to be fine. I'm like, you're an idiot. So we get up, I come up to the podium <laughs> to like start the show. Oh God. You know, and there I am. I'm like dying. And the stage manager says to me, um, when you're conducting the show, the, uh, the lights go down and there's the cell phone announcement and you as the cell phone, as the, as the cell phone. <laughs> You as the conductor are waiting for the actor playing Aaron Burr to enter. And once he passes a certain point on the stage is when you start the music. So the, oh, interesting. So the cue comes from the actor, from, from, from Burr. Well, but he gets his cue from the stage manager. It all comes from the stage manager. Well, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So the stage manager says to me, so listen, we're going to hold in the blackout for a minute because she has to enter with her secret service. The cell phone announcement happens and the lights go down and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And you can like imagine what this feels like. Mm-hmm. And you know how like when you're in a tense moment or just, you know, like a brief moment seems to take a very long time. Yes. So I asked later how long it was. <laughs> and it was two full minutes in the pitch dark and the silence, like waiting for the show's, show show to start. But it was like the murmuring of the people. No, no, no. The lights had gone down. They were all waiting for the musical to begin. And a, a few people like around her like saw her enter and there was a little applause, but like it was dark out. Nobody could really see, but there's very little noise oh, God. and it's pitch black and all the string players like put their instruments down. Are we starting or what? And I don't know. Oh, no I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, they didn't know. Cause they're just like, what is the holdup? Correct. So <laughs> finally the stage manager gives the signal and Leslie walks out and the show begins and I was dead already. So that's how my first time conducting Hamilton happened. So you don't remember it, basically. I, is I, that, you know, like from that point on. What's so funny is I died that day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, a, it was an exciting It's interesting time. that two ghosts, our voices can be picked up so well Ooh. on these microphones. <laughs> um, it was, a, it was, but the orchestra was so supportive and the cast was so supportive and. And nobody knew, really nobody knew Lynn probably knew so Lynn wasn't was out it was Javi's day it was it was a Sunday and Javi was performing Sundays then I thought Javi was there when the president came that is also true um Lynn may have been there but I don't believe he was in the room in the in the room um in in the building (laughs) that that day yeah you don't remember anything you I don't remember you blacked out thing i remember exactly three things about that performance three fundamental truths at the exact same time wow you're good at this (laughs) um i remember three things the first is somewhere in the middle of my shot because i had you know practiced the whole thing just in my apartment by myself with sometimes my roommate singing along i remember sort of looking up playing my shot playing my shot and sort of looking up at the stage and being like oh there's a musical going on (laughs) how interesting i remember that I remember making a very large fuck up in uh, Washington. On, nope, in the election of 1800. And I, the, which you love. Which I love. And I remember Kurt playing Key 2, giving me a huge nod, as in, yes, I've done the exact same thing. Oh, I remember what, what that. What was it? I, I came in too early. I came in two bars too soon on the piano. Really, it was fine. And then I remember in the middle of the final duel, World Was Wide Enough, I remember suddenly having the realization that, oh God, I'm, I'm going to make it. It's almost over. It's almost here. Yeah. The, the guy died. He got shot. I'm almost there. The guy died. Thank goodness. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's that's my real texting time. Is really what it is. <laughs> Ian, this has been the greatest thing. I'm, I'm, my face hurts. Oh, you're sweet. I'm smiling. This has been so much fun. Thank so, you for oh, having well, me. Thank you for coming. And thank you to all your people for all your questions. Oh yeah, and we, I, we didn't get to, I didn't get to shout out a lot of you and I'm so sorry but we answered you answered a lot of them in the natural flow of the conversation so. the conversation as they say I hope so so where people could find you on Instagram and Twitter are you on all the things I'm not on Twitter but I am on Instagram it's Instagram I am like <laughs> Sam I am right but so it's Instagram I am like I'll Mary. add you and all the things. Yeah, one I wanted th- Instagram, but it was taken. Oh, so it's annoying. That's okay. But what I loved is that one of the first things that I saw that you Instagrammed, right? Yeah, sure. Is that there was the uh, and I might use the wrong term, but it was a measure or something. It was 1776. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so dumb. In the world was wide enough. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think? Uh, it was in. It was actually in my shop, but it doesn't oh, okay. matter slightest. You um, you were like trying to edit something, or it was something exactly it, right like, in the music notation software that we use, which is called Finale, which is like the industry industry standard for. And I will repost music. this and show exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's explain. a there's a measure of music that I I literally needed to make wider because of yeah the, the measure wide was enough? wide enough. Come right. on. Come on. The the words there were too many lyrics for the measure so i needed to make the the word the measure longer wider so i literally opened it up to see how big it was and in the unit of measurement for that program it was 1776 units wide which i must say is a total accident that onion or no onion was not on purpose okay but i i showed it to alex who the nerd he is loved it well, so I know because I think the quote was like only eight people will care about this. Like Correct. that was the lack quote. And I'm Correct. like, I have more than eight listeners. I'm not not to be a dick about it, but I have more than eight listeners, and we care so much. But that I can promise you was a legitimate, honest to god accident. You guys, thank you so much for listening, and thank you so thank much. Thank you, for out. goodness! Thanks all of you for this listening. Is, this has um, been such nerd fun. We're just we're all in this together. I just quoted High School Musical. Everybody, so never seen that, that either. Thane well, is in that. He was. Thane was in High School Musical. In the movie? Yes. No. Yes. Wow. Thane, come hang out. I saw High School Musical three in the theater with Ashley. My sister, (laughs) listen, I think my sister's biggest disappointment with me in my whole life is that I've never seen those movies. Oh, they're so fun. I believe you. You guys, this is like, it's the, like, you were smiling this whole time. The one time you didn't smile is when you went, I believe you. You're like, you're like the straight mouthed emoji right now. For real. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening, Ian. Thank you so, 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 so Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Yay. Bye, everybody. I am G.Pen. I'm I.Wine.
support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash thehamilcast. You can get access to the closed Facebook group where you can submit questions for upcoming guests, get behind the scenes access, live AMA videos, and other cool rewards. My gratitude for the Patreon peeps is through the roof and always will be. Thehamilcast.com is the home of all your podcast needs, including episodes, guest bios, and my Hamil reference heavy and extensive notes on the churnout chapters that I insist on calling chirpters. Sorry about that. You can listen to episodes anywhere you get your podcasts, but I'm just saying if you really loved it, you would subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking for the podcast on social media, it couldn't be easier. At the Hamilcast on all the things. I'm at Jillian with a G on all social media, and you can check out The Residuals, my web series with Mike, you know Mike, at theresiduals.tv and my true crime podcast with Patrick Hines of Theater People at truecrimeobsessed.com. Thank you again for listening to The Hamilcast. I'll talk to you in five seconds on Twitter. Twitter.